Baobulb.org is a podcasting platform and a medium for storytelling. This podcast is also available on all the major podcasting apps, including Apple and Google Podcasts. Podcast your life with Baobulb.org. Good morning, brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. Today is the 28th of March, 2021. It is our family worship service. Let us join together as we listen to the call to worship. The Lord is my strength and my power. The Lord has become our salvation. There are joyous songs of victory in the homes of the righteous and in the house of the Lord. The stone which the bulges rejected has become the cornerstone. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. You send your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, into the world for us and our salvation, so that by the wondrous mystery of his humility and his acceptance of mortal suffering, he might call us back to fellowship with you. As he enters Jerusalem to fulfill the scriptures, the crowd welcomed him with what? With faith and acclamation, spreading their garments with palm branches in his way. Now therefore, as the children sang his praises, it is right that we also, in love of Christ, should lift our voices in joyful song, singing Hosanna in the highest. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest. Come, let us join together in prayer. Liberator God, your word cuts through the noise of the crowd. Whatever we may be shouting, quiet within us every voice but yours. Speak to us now as we step into Holy Week through the suffering and the death of Jesus Christ. By the power of the Holy Spirit, may we receive grace to show God's love as we serve God in our own generation. And so we pray this prayer in the name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior, to him with you and the Holy Spirit, one blessed God, be glory and unending praise. Amen. And so, sisters and brothers in Jesus Christ, our reading for today is coming to us from the Gospel according to St. Luke, chapter 19, verse 28 to verse 44. And I charge you to read the scriptures for yourselves. God hears our cries and God sees our tears. That is the theme of our family worship service this morning. Grace and peace is yours from God our Liberator and Jesus Christ, our friend and brother. And so, sisters and brothers in Jesus Christ, there are many times in our lives that we cannot help but cry about a distressing situation or cry when we're faced with challenging moments in our lives. In someone we love dies, we cannot help but cry. When that person is gone and left a void in our hearts, we cannot help but shed tears. This is the way in which we express our grief and in which we express our sadness. As we stand in the presence of God, it is just tears that is running down our cheeks. But there are other times that we cry too. We cry when we lose our jobs 
And so it is in this way that we express our emotions at the time. We cry when our children make decisions that leave scars in their lives for the rest of their lives. When a relationship that we value breaks down, we cannot but cry. When we become weary to the point of exhaustion, we sometimes cry. When a friend or family member suffers due to an illness and we cannot stand to see them suffering so much, we simply begin to weep. But they are not, but these are not the only moments of, that we cry. These are not the only moments of sadness and grief and sorrow that makes us cry. But there are other moments too. And that is moments of happiness. When we feel happy inside of us and we feel so favored and we feel so blessed by God, we begin to cry. And so we shed tears of joy when we have achieved something that we have really worked hard for and we have put in all efforts to accomplish what we have worked so hard for. We cry. Or we cry tears of joy when we see a glimmer of hope in the middle of our despair or in the middle of a desperate situation. We cry. Or we see or we cry when we see a glimmer of hope, when a problem or difficulty or, cha or challenging situation weighs us down and we see some light at the end of the tunnel, we either give a sigh of relief or we begin to cry. Jesus was sitting on the back of a cold and joyful and, he, and, and a joyful, enthusiastic throng was following Jesus Christ at the time. They were going to Jerusalem. But people from Jerusalem had come to meet him, and others had been following Jesus Christ from north of Jericho already. These two streams flowed together and merged like two rivers meeting each other, and so it became one stream. And all the people in the crowd had surrendered themselves to Jesus Christ. He was sitting on the back of a court who was never ridden before. The multitude that followed Jesus threw their cloaks on the court's back and they lay their cloaks and palm fronts on the ground so that Jesus in his glory should not touch the dust of the earth. The crowd commenced by honoring Jesus as king and they were singing and they were chanting words like, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And so listening to the crowd and listening to what the crowd was doing at the time, the idea of the coming kingdom of God began to form in the minds of the people. The king, the long-awaited king is here. The Messiah is here. The Messiah is in their midst and they're happy. And so they, 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 they're singing and they were just chanting. And hearing all this chanting and hearing all this singing, the Pharisees demanded from Jesus that he should quieten the crowd. And they said to Jesus, Tell your followers, your disciples, to keep quiet. But Jesus said to the Pharisees, If I tell the people in this procession to keep quiet, the stones will begin to cry out. The stones will begin to sing. The stones will begin to chant. God would turn stones into children. God would turn stones into people honoring Jesus as king. But the crowd 
Even though they were happy and felt blessed to follow Jesus, Jesus himself is not happy as Jesus sits on the back of the cold and Jesus began to cry and he began to weep and I can even say Jesus began to mourn. As he was sitting on the back of the court, he looked up and he saw the city of Jerusalem and a pain went through his heart. He heard the cries of the people and Jesus is already hearing what's going to happen on Friday. The very same crowd who's following Jesus will shout on, on Friday, crucify him, crucify him. It is the Passover and over the next few days, there will be no peace in the city as if there were ever peace in the city of Jerusalem. The city of peace had no peace. Jesus sees himself hanging on the cross already, on the cross of Calvary. And at the feet of the cross, lying in a bundle, is his clothes to be divided by the casting of lots. Jesus had come to lay down his life for you and for me. He had come to lay down his life for the world. And he had come not only to lay down his life for you, me, and the world, but also that we should follow him. That we should become part of that procession and to follow him into the temple, right into the temple where there should be worship, where there should be honoring, and that there should be a praising of God. Jesus had come to that so that we can follow him and so that we can follow him into the church where we can, together with fellow believers, stand before God's throne of praise and just stand there in worship. So Jesus had come to lay down his life and come to Jerusalem at this time so that there can be peace in the people's relationship and with God. That relationship between uh, uh, God and the people, that relationship needed to be restored. And so Jesus had come to bring peace into that relationship. It was God's will to reconcile the people of the earth with him. But Jesus looked much deeper and he looked beyond the cross of Good Friday, beyond his death in the city in the future, which is a few days, few days from from uh, Palm Sunday. Jesus looked beyond the cross. Jesus looked beyond his resurrection. He looked into the future and Jesus see how the walls of that very city will be broken down and how there will be crying and tears in the city itself. The city will be no more. And so Jesus looked beyond the Passover and beyond what is going to happen. Jesus looking beyond that present into the future and he became aware of all of this. Becoming aware of all of this, Jesus began to weep and he began to mourn the people's inability to see that it is Jesus and it is Jesus alone that can bring real peace between them and God, between God and humankind, between God and humanity. The people is unable to see that the king sitting on the back of this cold has prepared himself to become the high priest. He has prepared himself to become a sacrifice. He has prepared himself to become a high priest for them and for all of us. 
The people is unable to see that the king sitting on the back of the cold has prepared himself to rescue us, to rescue us from sin and degradation and evil and to, and, and, and to want to reconcile us to God. Jesus was coming to Jerusalem to bridge the gap between God and us, God and the people of it, of that time by laying down his life. And Jesus was doing it out of his own free will. And having this clear vision about what the next few days will hold, and the clear vision about the future, seeing what was to come, Jesus therefore began to weigh bitterly but the big difficulty with us is at times is that when we are faced with difficulties and challenging moments we have become re- and we have become really desperate to the point of tears we sometimes are unable to see beyond our problems we are unable to see beyond our challenges the only thing that we see is our problems the only thing that we see is our challenges of course Sometimes our problems can weigh us down to such an extent that we push all other possibilities and all other thoughts and perspectives into the background and it feels to us like we are just locked in, perhaps even locked into a prison. And our problems and our challenges that confront us are the prison walls. And we cannot see that glimmer of hope because seeing a glimmer of hope always propels us forward into the future. One thing that is true, and that is, like Jesus, who had the ability to look into the future, it is God who knows our future. Our vision is very limited. We cannot even see beyond today what will happen. But God sees our entire lives complete. And so God has a future for you and God has a future for me despite of the problems and the challenges that we face in life. And sometimes not even the future that we think that God has on his mind for us. Just like God had a future for the people and the city of Jerusalem. Perhaps not. this is not what they wanted. And it is not what they wanted. It does not matter how challenging a moment may be for you and me. It is Jesus who lifts us up and opens up a way forward for us that we, at a moment, which we are unable to see, it is God that lifts us up and he propels us into a brighter future because God, our God, is preparing a brighter future for us. All that we need to do is to have a deep and meaningful relationship with him and stay in that relationship with him. And so we continue to put our faith on Jesus Christ and we fashion our hope around the king whom God raised from the dead. It is Christ who guarantees that new life for you and for me and for the entire world. All that we need to do is to come to him and to surrender ourselves to him because Jesus is our future. Jesus is our hope. Jesus is our example. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the truth. And Jesus is the life. And it is Jesus who are able to lead the world out of our current darkness into the light and into the brightness of a new morning.
the world need to return to Jesus and have a meaningful and deep relationship with Jesus Christ. He is calling us. Are you hearing him? That he is calling you. He's calling me. He's calling us on our names. He's calling our nation. He's calling the nations of the world to have that meaningful relationship with him. And he comes to us. And he is, it's only Jesus that as he comes to us, he offers us life. Glorious, radiant, full, meaningful, and rich. But Jesus wants the whole world to follow him into the temple. And that is why he wants to lead the whole world out of the current darkness into his glorious light. And so Jesus wants the whole world to follow him to the church and into a deep relationship with him but also into tough situations and difficult situations and challenging moments and times so that he can come alongside us and lead us through those difficult moments and challenging times. And we are able to say, I can do everything through Jesus who strengthens me. Jesus has bridged the gap between God and us. And for that, he has laid down his life. Jesus is feeling your pain feels the pain of the world today. He's hearing our cries. He's hearing the cries that originates from people's hearts and just come before him, even if they don't pray, even if they don't say the words, even if they don't even call upon him. He hears it. He wants people to draw near to him. And in our struggles, we must learn to hold on. We must learn to hang on because God is ready to wipe every tear from our eyes. It's ready to lead us into a bigger, better, and brighter future. Glory be to God, our liberator. Glory be to Jesus Christ, our conqueror. Glory be to the Holy Spirit, our faithful guide. In Jesus' name, amen. Let us join together in prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, show us the way forward and lead us into our future destinies that you have in store for us. We pray this prayer in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, to him with you and the Holy Spirit. One blessed God be glory and unending praise. Amen. This is a Spudcaster podcast from baobalb.org.